Hello and welcome to the Latter Rain Ministries, where we're dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. Keep in mind that we do have other resources and information available at our website at thelatterrain.org. If you wish to hear other English audio messages, they're available for free either at our website or as podcast or iTunes. Just look for us in the Apple iTunes Store under Podcasts as The Latter Rain Ministries to subscribe. As part of today's message, we will see that we only have one goal between God and man, and that outside of Him, we need no one else. As the Bible teaches, for there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus. And as our mediator, Jesus Christ is our one and only eternal high priest. He replaces any need for human intervention. We will see through the word details of what our high priest is like, how he can understand us and be sympathetic to our human frailties, and that he is the almighty of the universe. And so, Jesus Christ is more than enough to meet and exceed any and all needs we may have as our most perfect and high priest. Please stay with us for a few minutes as we look into God's word together. Let us go to the Lord in prayer together. Let us pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, hallowed and glorified be your name. Blessing and honor and glory be to you, O Lord, for you are worthy to be praised and exalted forever and ever. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray, O Lord, that you please forgive my sins and my wrongs. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I give you thanks for your Son, for the salvation and grace and forgiveness that I find through him. I pray, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, that you help us, O Lord, to understand clearly your word, your message, that this is truly your word, Heavenly Father. Help us to be sensitive, O Lord, to your ways and to what you want to say to each and every one of us. I pray for each person listening, Lord God, work in their hearts in a mighty way. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Our scripture passage reading today is found in the book of Hebrews chapter 8. And this is the word of the Lord. Now this is the main point of the things we are saying. We have such a high priest who is seated at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens, a minister of the sanctuary and of the true tabernacle which the Lord erected and not man. For every high priest is appointed to offer both gifts and sacrifices. Therefore it is necessary that this one also have something to offer. For if he were on earth, he would not be a priest, since there are priests who offer the gifts according to the law, who serve the copy and shadow of the heavenly things, as Moses was divinely instructed when he was about to make the tabernacle. For he said, See that you make all things according to the pattern shown you on the mountain. But now he has obtained a more excellent ministry, inasmuch as he is also mediator of a better covenant, which was established on better promises. For if that first covenant had been faultless, then no place would have been sought for a second. Because finding fault with them, he says, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt, because they did not continue in my covenant, and I disregarded them, says the Lord. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their mind and write them on their hearts, 
and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. None of them shall teach his neighbor, and none his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for all shall know me, from the least of them to the greatest of them, for I will be merciful to their unrighteousness, and their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. In that he says, A new covenant. He has made the first obsolete. Now what is becoming obsolete and growing old is ready to vanish away. What was the function of the high priest in the Old Testament times or as part of the Old Covenant? The high priest was set by the Lord to help make atonement for the sins of his people under the Old Covenant. He would first seek atonement for his own sins and then he would do those things that would atone or cover the sins of the people that would be a part of the sacrifice. Before the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross, there was no such thing as a forgiveness of sins. There was only atonement or a covering of sins. Now because of the sacrifice and through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, because of the blood he shed on the cross, there is forgiveness of sins, the washing away of all sins. This in turn is what allows for the Holy Spirit of God to indwell us as his tabernacles, when we repent and convert from all of our sins totally and completely, and when we ask by faith for Jesus to come into our hearts, when we ask him to become the Lord of our lives. This was never possible before. The closest people ever got to having his spirit involved only moments or short periods of time that the Spirit of God would rest upon them, but not the indwelling that we have today through grace. And so, as part of the new covenant that God has created through Jesus Christ, is that the Lord has now become our perfect high priest and in every way. He became the perfect sacrifice for our sins. And he also became the perfect high priest in that not only is his ministering perfect, but also it is extremely convenient for us all. Hebrews chapter 7 continues explaining the following to us. By so much more, Jesus has become a surety of a better covenant. Also, there were many priests because they were prevented by death from continuing. But he, because he continues forever, has an unchangeable priesthood. Therefore, he is also able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. For such a high priest was fitting for us, who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, and has become higher than the heavens, who does not need daily as those high priests to offer up sacrifices, first for his own sins and then for the people's. For this he did once for all when he offered up himself. For the law appoints his high priest men who have weaknesses, but the word of the oath, which came after the law, appoints the son who has been perfected forever." Jesus is our perfect high priest because he knows our weaknesses in the flesh. He experienced them firsthand. He was 100% God, but also 100% man. And as such, he knows everything about us, but being completely sinless. He cannot be tempted on the sinfulness of the flesh because of his divine nature. But he did experience all of the frailties of our flesh. Hebrews chapter 4 explains this as follows, Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. 
Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. And so Jesus, for example, felt hunger. So he felt all of our physical limitations, including pain and frailty. Luke chapter 4, verse 1 to 2 tells us this, Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being tempted for forty days by the devil. And in those days he ate nothing, and afterward, when they had ended, he was hungry. So Jesus knows what it's like to have a very empty stomach, to feel faint and fatigued, and in worse conditions possible. Jesus felt emotional pain, including feeling the loss of a loved one. John 11 tells us about the story that involved his friend Lazarus, that even though he knew he was going to raise him from the dead, he still felt pain for what happened. And this is what it says. And he said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him. And so God cried. The shortest verse of the Bible shows the heart of God and how it hurt him to see his friend dead. Jesus felt extreme agony when he knew that it was his time on the cross, that it was he was about to suffer the sacrifice for our sins. In Luke chapter 22, it says this, Coming out, he went to the Mount of Olives as he was accustomed, and his disciples also followed him. When he came to the place, he said to them, Pray that you may not enter into temptation. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's throw, and he knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Then an angel appeared to him from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. Then his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. He knew every detail that was going to happen to him because it was written centuries before it actually happened as part of his fulfillment of prophecy. He knew that he would be betrayed, taken prisoner, beaten, tormented, mocked, whipped, spit on, crowned with thorns, nailed to a cross, and the worst part yet, separated from his father when he would take on the sins of the world. Our sins, your sins and my sins. Isaiah wrote this about the Messiah and what he would endure when it says, Who has believed our report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. He has no form or comeliness. And when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected by men. A man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we did not esteem him. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep before his shearers is silent. So he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment. And who will declare his generation? For he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgressions of my people he was stricken. And they made his grave with the wicked. 
but with the rich at his death, because he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He was put him to grief. When you make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the labor of his soul and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant shall justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore, I will divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul unto death, and he was numbered with the transgressors, and he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. Jesus also felt loneliness when he took on the sins of the world upon himself because God the Father could not be with him when doing so. This was the only time in history that there was separation between the Trinity. This was by far the greatest and most painful agony Jesus had to endure. Our sin made the impossible happen, the separation of the Trinity. That was the price that was paid for our sin. Matthew chapter 27 says this, Now from the sixth hour until the ninth hour there was darkness over the land. And about the ninth hour Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani? That is my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And so all of these things did the Lord experience. And these things are what make him more than sympathetic to our frailties, where we can find the greatest comfort and power. And finally, this Christ, this Messiah, this holy and perfect high priest was the sacrifice for our sins. The one who understands and can comfort us in any and every possible condition of human weakness, but also is a supreme and most high and exalted King of kings and Lord of lords. There is none greater than the Lord. Even though the Trinity is three beings in one, they are in fact one in unity. As the word says, the Lord is one, and it is written, All authority has been given to me, Jesus said this, in heaven and on earth. John chapter 5 says this also, For as a father raises the dead and gives life to them, even so the son gives life to whom he will. For the father judges no one, but has committed all judgment to the son, that all should honor the son just as they honor the father. He who does not honor the son does not honor the father who sent him. And the Apostle John wrote this in the book of Revelation. Now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, that with it he should strike the nations, and he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. He himself treads the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And so there is none more qualified nor more understanding, nor greater than the Lord Jesus Christ to be our high priest. That is what God the Father established for us. For it is also written, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. This is what God has done for all of us through Jesus Christ. Who can even dare to say that they have done anything even remotely similar to what God has done for us. And yet, we many times we feel, or at least act, like it is not enough. We allow ourselves to be overtaken by the vanities and worries of this very temporary and meaningless world. God is usually not a priority. 
We abuse His mercy, His goodness, and His grace all of the time. We many times push Him to the end of the line, behind everything else that is of lesser value, behind things that have not done anything good for us. We many times see the things of God, His love and grace, as inferior things. Do you think I'm exaggerating? I would strongly urge you to sit down and think and take inventory of your life and see where is it that you devote all your energies and efforts to. Is God in first place in your life? Do you love God with all of your heart and soul and mind and strength? And trust me, we all have this problem. I'm ashamed to confess it. But that doesn't mean that because I do something wrong that I should justify it, especially something like this. We all can do better in appreciating God, appreciating His love, His sacrifice, all of the good things He has bestowed upon us without deserving them, incredible things that can only be received through and by His grace, especially considering His wonderful and amazing High Priest, Jesus Christ. Listen to the type of worship we should be giving as the Apostle John revealed the awesome heavenly song. Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels around the throne, the living creatures and the elders, and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is a lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And every creature which was in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them, I heard saying, Blessing and honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. Then the four living creatures said, Amen. And the twenty-four elders fell down and worshipped him who lives forever and ever. This is only but a glimpse of what will be said everywhere in the universe and what should be said in our hearts and minds for our God and for what He has done for us and for the high priest He established for us, Jesus Christ, the one who was and is and is to come. Amen. If you do not know Jesus Christ yet, this perfect an exemplary high priest God himself has provided to all humanity. I urge you to look for him and ask him to come into your life. Jesus knows all of the things you could be feeling right now and that you cannot deal with. He completely understands you. He understands your pain, your heart, and your suffering and your human needs. He knows what loneliness is like. He knows what anxiety and stress is all about. He knows and understands anything you could be feeling right now, and He wants to help you. And the greatest and most wonderful quality grace has is that even though you have done wrong and sinned, no matter how small or great your sin is, He is willing to forgive all of that and you give you a completely new and fresh start if you repent and turn away from all of your sins and ask Jesus to become the Lord of your life. If your life is a mess, He wants to bring it all back into order. If your life is destroyed, He is the master of making all things new. He is in the business of transforming lives. If you have never given your life over to the Lord, or if you may have before, but have strayed away, or if you do have Him in your life, but you just want to make that commitment stronger, that personal and intimate relationship stronger, I urge you to pray this prayer with me 
and to do it with all of your heart. Pray like this, Lord, I come before you to ask you for the forgiveness of all of my sins. Please forgive all of my sins. I repent and convert from all of them to come after you. I believe with all of my heart that Jesus died for me on the cross, that he gave his life and shed his blood to wash away all of my sins. I believe that you, Father, raised him from the dead at the third day for my salvation, for my life, that through faith in Jesus, I could be forgiven, changed, transformed, and made new. Lord, everything I am, I surrender to you. Come into my heart. My life is yours. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Now I'm going to pray for all of you that have prayed this prayer. Lord God, Heavenly Father, we need you. We are nothing without you, Lord God. Thank you for your Son, Jesus Christ. Thank you for this wonderful and incredible and perfect High Priest that will remain our priest forever and ever and for all eternity. Heavenly Father, thank you because of the love and grace that you have bestowed upon us. Thank you, Heavenly Father, that you've given us so much and without deserving any of it, Lord God. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for each and every person that has prayed this prayer. I pray, Heavenly Father, Lord God, that you may just become that much more real to them and that they might be able to experience every day this wonderful high priest in their lives, that they might be able to just open up their hearts and, and just let out all of the feelings and, and the distress and everything that they feel, that they, that they may know, that they know, that they know that Jesus is there in their lives and around them and ready to listen and ready to help with anything and everything they might be feeling. Lord God, you are so real and your love is so great. I give you thanks and I praise you, O Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Please feel free to join us again next time as we continue looking into God's Word together. If you would like to write to us, you can do so through our website. Our web address again is thelatterrain.org. The Latter Rain Ministries is a self-supporting Christian ministry dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. The Lord is near. May God bless you.